John, John chapter number seven tonight, and let's uh, let's just get in the Word of God tonight and let's study a little bit and see what the Lord has for us. We've been talking about, of course, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and specifically the last few weeks we've been talking about what we're entitling the typology of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and uh, so we want to go a little further with that tonight, and I I, I believe this is going to be a help. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. The Lord has used both messages this morning and the one that I'm going to bring tonight, Lord willing, has has used these things personally in my own life, and I hope that he will speak to your heart tonight as well. So it's good to see you. Thank you for being faithful to the Lord's house, and we appreciate that very, very much. John chapter 7 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us, out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to stand, that is. And we're just going to read three verses tonight. Verses 37, 38, and 39. Look there with me, if you will. John 7 and verse 37. The Bible says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And so you may be seated tonight, and we're going to talk about that um, a a little bit this evening. Several things that we've learned in our series so far, we learned that the Holy Spirit is typified by oil, and the Holy Spirit is typified by wind, The Spirit of God is typified by the dove, but tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about this. The Holy Spirit is typified by water. And uh, so let's go to the Lord right now. And uh, Brother Evan, correct that W so that it didn't bug me to death. All right? Because it wasn't like that before it came. All right? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege, Lord, to be here tonight. And uh, Lord, just appreciate what you've done for us today. God, thank you for... Lord, the Word of God, thank you for the family of God, for letting us be a part of the family of God. Father, thank you for the church, Lord, this great, great institution that you have provided for us, and Lord, we just appreciate uh, you meeting with us in the service this morning. Lord, great crowd, just it was sort of a messy morning, Lord, a lot of rain, and yet, Lord, our crowd was very, very strong this morning, and Father, we thank you for that, but not only the, the, the crowd, but Lord, it was just a great spirit here there was a spirit of electricity, and uh, Father, we just thank you and praise you that. We never want to take that for granted. And so, Lord, thank you for blessing us with this beautiful place and this family to worship uh, together with. And now, Lord, as we come together tonight, Lord, nobody's been, uh, here by accident. All these folks have turned away from the cares of the world. And Lord, they're here tonight to honor you, to, to uh, be faithful to you. But also, Lord, they've come here tonight, uh, Lord, to gain something from your precious word. And so I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit, that you would help us. And I pray that you'd fill us with yourself and Lord, help the word of God to come alive in our hearts and our minds tonight. And uh, Lord, just help us, please. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. And for his sake, we pray and all God's people said, amen. We notice here, Jesus, while teaching in the temple, mentions that for all those who drink of him, there will be what he called rivers of living water that shall flow out of them. Then almost immediately, in fact, it really was immediately, he clarifies that he's speaking of 
the Holy Spirit. You'll notice there in verse number 39, the Bible says, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. And so this river of light, this river of living water is none other than the Holy Spirit. That flowing water is the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanna answer that question for you tonight. Why does the Bible liken the Spirit of God to water, to oil, uh, to wind, to the dove, but also to water. Very, very, uh, there's a very clear reason for this. And so I wanna talk to you a little, a little bit about that tonight. But before we get there, I wanna answer another question that might be equally as important. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this first part of the message because this is what really, uh, what God you really used to speak to my heart this week. And this is the question. What really is the importance of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit? Why teach about the Spirit of God? A lot of churches aren't doing that. A lot of Baptist churches aren't doing that. Uh, they're shying away from the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Why is it important that you and I be filled with the Holy Spirit and be yielded to the Spirit of God? Why? I mean, what's, what's the big deal about the Holy Spirit? Why take several weeks and just teach on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit? Now, don't miss this, church. Here's the reason. Because Jesus Christ claimed to be the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior. And the Lord Jesus said this, that the Holy Spirit would be the evidence in the lives of believers that his claims were true. That's why it's so important that we preach on the Spirit of God and teach on the Spirit of God. How many remember the story where the Lord Jesus Christ is ministering to the woman at the well? In fact, you're in John chapter seven. Turn back a page or two and look at John chapter four in your Bibles tonight. And the Lord Jesus Christ uh, purposely goes to a place called Samaria and there he witnesses to a woman at the well and uh, notice what he says to this woman at the well. John 4 and verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. Look at verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so, uh, so the Lord comes and says, I am the Savior. I am the Redeemer. I'm the Messiah. And as a evidence of that, you're gonna see the Spirit of God in the lives of those that follow me. If we fail to exhibit spiritfulness in our life, listen to this, we fail to be the evidence that the world needs that Christ really is the Messiah. Now, think about it. No wonder this world has such little regard for Jesus. When they see people who claim to be Christian people with little or no change in their life. Listen to me. Now, think about it, church. <laughs> Why does a lost world really need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if he doesn't make a change? <laughs> and so, again, I, I want you to get this because this is so vital. Jesus came on the scene and said, I'm he. I'm not one of the ways, I am the way. I am the Messiah. And the way you're gonna know that is those who believe in me are gonna be filled with the Spirit of God and you're gonna see the evidence of the filling of the Holy Ghost in their life. And so again, uh, again, there's gonna be a change, but oh, I wanna tell you something, what a difference it makes when a lost world comes in contact with a spirit-filled Christian who has the water of life bubbling up inside of them. My mom and dad are up in age now and they're maybe watching tonight. 
But uh, I thought about mom and dad. It's why, it's, it's really why my parents' lives were changed. Because early in their Christian life, they came in touch with some genuine Christians by the name of Willie and June Buckner. And Willie and June Buckner had something different in their life. They had a fountain of life that was bubbling up inside of them. And my mom and dad were very young Christians, and yet they were watching these spirit-filled Christians as the Holy Spirit was evident in their life. And, and, uh, and God used that to really transform the life of my mom and dad. Hey, Calvary, it's why I believe that Calvary Baptist Church is growing. It's why I believe that even on a, on a rainy, rainy day this morning, boy, the house was, was filled. Why? Because when people visit here, they sense that life-giving water. When they walk in here, it's not dead. It's not stagnant. It's moving. It's flowing. It's joyful. It's alive. It's bubbling. Now, people say, preacher, what is that? It's the Holy Ghost. That's what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is going to be evidence that you're born again. Evidence that Jesus makes a change. Again, that goes, boy, that just dovetails right into what we preached about this morning. That's why you and I are to be a reflection of him. And when people see, with the lost word especially, when they see the Holy Spirit working in our life and making a change, thank God it gives them evidence that Jesus really is who he says he is. And so why though, why is water used as a type of the Holy Spirit. This is simple, simple, simple tonight. But let me give you just a few thoughts if I could. Number one, notice this. First of all, water is a necessity of life. Why does the Bible liken the Holy Spirit to water? Water is a necessity of life. Romans 8, 9 says it like this. Be you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The Holy Spirit is essential. The Holy Spirit is a necessity of life. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, think with me. Experts tell us that human survival is possible up to 60 days without food, but only three days without water. When the body goes without water, you know what happens? Dehydration begins to set in. And when severe dehydration sets in, some very serious symptoms begin to happen in our body. Things like heat exhaustion, kidney failure, stroke. Now, my point is this, you must have water to live. You've got to have water to live. It's essential. Now, how many of you like sugar? Don't raise your hand, all right? I, I got, we got a lot of sugar lovers out there. I know that you do. Uh, truth of the matter is, you can do without sugar, but you can't do without water. I know we got a lot of coffee drinkers out here. And I like a cup of coffee occasionally. But truth of the matter is, you can do without coffee, but you can't do without water. You can do without meat and hamburgers and ice cream and french fries. Not that you would want to. But you can do without all those things, but you cannot go apart from water. Why? Because water is a necessity of life. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. If you and I are gonna live the victorious Christian life and there's gonna be something different about us, the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessity. Now, somebody says, preacher, I've got talent. Praise the Lord for your talent, but that's not enough. Somebody says, Pastor, I, I'm, an, I'm an intellect. I'm an intellectual. I, I've got a college degree or several college degrees. Praise the Lord. But that's not enough. 
It's not enough that you're smart or handsome or pretty or, or talented or gifted or whatever the case may be. I'm telling you that, that, the, that the Bible likens the Holy Spirit to water because water is absolutely a necessity of life. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. He's a necessity. You gotta have him. That's what I'm saying. You gotta have him. Man, doesn't everything look beautiful in the church here? And outside, don't it look beautiful outside too? Miss Sandra does such a great job, and others help her, by the way. Miss Sandra does such a great job with our, our, our grounds ministry and the plants and the flowers and things that they have out front a lot of times. And Miss Sandra, some of you know this and some of you don't, but Miss Sandra is so faithful to come up here and she'll water stuff. Nobody's here and she'll come up here throughout the week, maybe sometimes every single day, and she waters those flowers and waters those plants and makes sure that they stay healthy. And I've been up here before when she's dragging the water hoses around and she's watering those plants and watering those flowers. Now, you say, preacher, what's your point? Well, Miss, Miss, Miss Sandra knows something. She knows that without water, that plant's gonna start drooping. She knows without water, that plant's gonna start withering. And she knows without, without water, that plant's eventually gonna die. Do you know what's going on in a lot of the lives of Christians nowadays? You know why they're drooping? You know why churches are dead? You know why the shout's gone? You know why people don't say amen anymore? Why folks don't get involved in the services anymore? Uh, uh, why, you know why? Because, buddy, the water of the Holy Spirit's not there anymore. And when the water of the Holy Ghost is not there, things begin to droop and things begin to wither and eventually things begin to die. And I just told you what's going on in America right now. Why? Because water is a necessity. Oh, church, listen to me. That's why every, every service before you walk into this choir loft, choir member, you ought to be praying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. As you're marching around, I'm marching in here. Oh, Spirit of God, help me. If you're a part of our hospitality team and you say, well, Pastor, all I do is meet and greet. What do you mean all you do is meet and greet? Did you know in the, just the first few seconds people are gonna determine whether they ever come back or not? That means long before they hear me preach or long before they hear the choir sing, they're already determining if they're ever gonna come back. And as you come here and open the door and greet folks and shake hands and, and help folks around the property, you ought to be praying, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Before you walk into your Sunday school class and teach your, your class, you ought to be praying, Holy Spirit, help me. Before you sing a special, you ought to be praying, Holy Spirit, help me. Before you play an instrument or whatever you do in the ministry, uh, nursing the nursing home or the Good News Club or or Whatever you do, we ought to be praying, Holy Spirit, I gotta have your help. I gotta have your touch. I gotta have your breath. Why? Because he's a necessity. That's why. Water is a necessity of life. Why does the Bible liken the Holy Spirit to water? Water is a necessity of life. But number two, number two, water is needful for cleansing. Now, you can just jot this down. You don't have to go there. Exodus chapter 30 is the, is the passage. One interesting thing we find in the Old Testament that before the Old Testament priests would minister in the temple, it was required that they stop by something called the laver. The laver of water. It was a, it was a, a brass basin, if you will, much like what we would, would consider a sink. And in that laver was water. 
And the priest, before he was able to go in and minister before the Lord, he would stop by the laver and there he would wash he, the, the, the sacrifice. That was, that was a dirty job. And he would wash and he would clean under his fingernails and he would wash the stains away and he would make sure that he was clean before he walked into the house of the Lord to minister before the Lord. Why is the Holy Spirit likened to water? Because the Holy Spirit is there to help us stay clean as a child of God. Titus chapter three, verse five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Boy, thank God I have the Holy Spirit that helps me to stay clean. And boy, how many know we need all the help we can get in this world? Boy, we're living in a dirty time, aren't we? I mean, you can see things when you don't even mean to see things. I'm talking about some of the most wicked, wicked stuff. And, and uh, you, uh, bless your heart, you folks work secular jobs and work down at the plant, the factory. And sometimes you just hear the most godless talk. And, 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 uh, and I'm not saying you're part of it, but, but, you, but you're there and you have to work there and you have to make an income for your family. And you hear all this filth and you see all the filth and, and all of that. Boy, sometimes you, just, sometimes you just feel so dirty. Well, boy, thank God. The Bible says that God has given us his Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit that, that works to cleanse us. And I'll tell you something else <laughs> that's pretty neat. Whenever you think about washing and you think about staying clean, you know what you, just an automatic thought is, you think about soap. Some of you, some of you like Dial, other Safeguard, Dove, Ivory, Spring, Zest, but, but use soap to make sure you get clean. Did you know the Holy Spirit uses soap? You say, do what, preacher? That's right. He uses the soap of the word of God to clean you and me. Listen to Psalm 119 verse nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. How about Ephesians chapter five, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. How about John chapter 15, verse number three? Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Boy, thank God. Brother Horn said it right this morning when he said in Sunday school that we, we need to be here every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and conference and revival. Why? Because this precious book is what the Holy Ghost uses to wash us and to cleanse us. And by the way, church, that's exactly why you ought to get in this book every single day. Every single day, man, just read it and study it. And uh, you say, well, pastor, you know, I read it. I read it, you know, but it didn't do anything for me. Oh, yes, it did. It did the same thing that bath does. It does, does the same thing that shower does. And by the way, you may not know it, but as you read the word of God and the Holy Spirit is doing his handiwork, you know what he's doing? He's cleansing your mind. And he's cleansing your being and he's, he's helping you to be the, the child of God that you ought to be. And so we ought to read the word of God every day. And that's why spirit-filled preaching is so vital and spirit-filled teaching is so vital. Boy, I don't know about anybody else. I need it. And I said, as I said just the other day, I gotta be here. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm telling you, I've gotta be here. Because every time I walk in this place, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to cleanse me. And so why does the Bible, why does the Bible use water as a type of the Holy Ghost? Water is a necessity of life. Water is needful 
for cleansing. But look at this. I love it. Water naturally refreshes. Now turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And look at verse number 14. John chapter 4, verse 14. Look what our Bible says. The Bible says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never, what? Shall never, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, we, didn't, we, we read John 7 earlier, but John chapter 4 sounds just like John chapter 7. And we find here that Jesus said, if you drink of, of the water that I'm talking about, you're never gonna thirst. Interesting, as you study your Bible, you'll find out there's multiple stories in the word of God where water was used for refreshing the thirsty. For instance, in Genesis 21, we read a story about a lady by the name of Hagar. Y'all remember that story? And the Bible says that Hagar and Ishmael had been turned out into the wilderness. And they're there for several days. And the Bible says that Ishmael had a bottle of water and that bottle, bottle of water is exhausted. It's gone. And the baby, evidently the baby's crying. Ishmael's crying. He's, a, he's a, not a baby, really. He's a lad. And uh, boy, they, they're, I mean, they're thirsty. They're, they're, they're in the desert. And the lad's crying out and and Ishmael, the Bible says that Ishmael takes the lad, she puts him under a, a bush, and then she goes away from him. She says, I don't want to be right there with him when he dies. And uh, an interesting story there in uh, Genesis 21, the Bible says that, that the Lord heard the cry of the lad. And listen to what it says in Genesis 21, 19. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink, and boy, they were refreshed. You know why? That water refreshes. It keeps you fresh. I thought about the story in Exodus chapter 15 where the Israelites are so thirsty and God led them to a place called Elam. What was Elam, preacher? It was an oasis. I mean, right in the middle of the desert, an oasis of water, and only water but a place of shade. Exodus 15, verse 27, and they came to Elam where were 12 water, wells of water, three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters, and, and, and they were refreshed by the water. Then you say, Pastor, is that important? It's real important. I'll tell you why. Because this world is constantly trying to quench their thirst with other things other than the Holy Spirit. And it's not working. I'm talking about alcohol. And it's not working. I'm talking about drugs until it comes to the place where they're addicted to drugs and narcotics. And yet those, those drugs never satisfy the thirsting. I'm talking about immorality. I'm talking about pleasure. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about parties. And yet they, they try and try and try to, to quench that thirst. And, and this is what I came here to tell you tonight. And young people, I hope you'll hear your preacher tonight. None of those things are ever going to quench your thirst. There's only one thing that's going to refresh you. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, preach, I don't understand that. Sure you do. Have you, ever, have you ever had a situation like this? Maybe you were uh, out in the yard, you're working, you're raking leaves, and you did it for several hours, or you're, it's, you know, August in North Carolina, and you're out and you're mowing your yard, and you're 
clipping your hedges and man, you're just, you know, you're getting them all raked up and putting them away and, and boy, you're just perspiring and you're just, you're just, you're so thirsty. You have anything to drink for a little while and you're so thirsty. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all know this, and this is a little bit of a joke here, Carol, but I love Diet Coke. But you know what? When you get in a situation like that, Diet Coke doesn't fit the bill. You know why? Diet Coke doesn't refresh you, doesn't quench the thirst. In fact, they actually tell us that Diet Coke makes you more dehydrated. When you're really, really thirsty, I mean, you're so thirsty, you don't really come in and reach for the, for the milk jug and you don't reach for the orange juice. You know what? You just say, man, I got to have some water. <laughs> man, I don't want anything else. I just want some water. Why? Because that water refreshes you like nothing else. And boy, in water, beautiful. In water, beautiful. Man, if you leave that milk out too long, you know what happens, don't you? Spoils. And uh, if you leave that Diet Coke out too long, you know what happens? It loses, a fi- it loses its fizz. But there's something about water, something God made. And it just keeps on giving and keeps on giving and keeps on giving. And it refreshes. It truly refreshes. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. He, re- he refreshes our thirst. I thought, about, I thought about Ronald Deans. And many of you know that story. Ronald was, for many, many years, Ronald Deans was known as the town drunkard here in our little area. And you'd see Ronald occasionally, you'd see him here and there. I remember, I remember still to this day, the first time I ever ran into Ronald Dean's, Brother Lyndon and I were out one night, we're out visiting, I believe, and, and I met Ronald Dean's for the very, 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 very first time over here on Mitch Road. I still remember it, I, I remember it almost like it was yesterday. And I remember going up and speaking to Ronald, and, and I remember him sort of, he was very, uh, very drunk, and I remember Ronald just sort of leaning up. We were at an old car shop where they're working on cars, and he was leaning up against the the wall to steady himself. And I remember going up and speaking to him. I said, hello, how you doing? I got his name, and I said, hello, Mr. Deans. And I, I spoke to him, and I remember that night, I remember Ronald's eyes. I remember noticing that Ronald didn't seem to have any white in his eyes. It was just completely bloodshot. And he was just... And then I saw Ronald several times after that. And Ronald would always be just, you know, he'd be shaky and very weak. And then one Sunday morning, somebody pulled in their bicycle in our parking lot down here at the old church. Ronald Dean's pulled in and uh, walked into the church. And we, we don't have a two rows down here in the old church. And he sat right back there on the back row. And, and everybody who knew him saw him and thought, man, what's Ronald doing here? And that, that morning, Ronald Deans walked out and got saved. And from that time until Ronald, until God took Ronald to heaven, we saw a change take place. And I thought about, when I was putting this message together, I thought about Ronald. I thought, man, for all those years, man, Ronald, you know what Ronald was trying to do? He was trying to quench that thirst. And he drank and he drank and he drank and then he drank more and yet he never could quench that thirst. And then finally... Hallelujah. One day he got under the sound of the gospel and God saved his soul. And thank God, God quenched his thirst. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Several years ago, and we're done, several years ago, we had Brother Bruce Fry come and sing in our church. How many remember Brother Fry? Yeah, he came. It's just a blessing. Getting ready to make a movie about his life, by the way. And uh, Brother Fry came and 
He ministered to us on Sunday morning down here in the old building. And after the service, my family and I, we took Brother Fry out to, out to eat. I don't know why we did, but we went to Mooresville. I remember that, went to Mooresville. We went to Old Charlie's there in Mooresville. And, and we sat down and we we're gonna get him something to eat. And the little waitress came up. My kids were there. They'll never forget this. And the waitress, little waitress came up and she, and this is what she said. She said, would y'all like some drinks this afternoon? And Bruce Fry said this, ma'am, I took a drink years ago and I haven't been thirsty since. Yeah, I know. My kids parked up like that too. And they never have forgot that and I never have forgot that. And sometimes we bring that up and talk about that. Boy, thank God, church, I want to tell you something. 40 years ago, I took a drink and I've never been thirsty since. You say, what's that about, preacher? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's why the Bible likens the Spirit of God to water. Boy, aren't you glad we have a naturally refreshing Holy Ghost tonight? Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. And thank you for this time we've had together this evening. Lord, I pray that we've learned something this evening. I pray we've been encouraged. Father, thank you for giving us of your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that he is the evidence in our life that you truly are the Messiah. Lord, as people look at us and as people see us, Lord, they ought to see the workings of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, it tells to this world, it tells this world that there really is a Savior. And it really, he really does make a change. He really can transform your life. Well, thank God for that day I took a drink of that living water. And Lord, I can honestly say since that day, I've never been thirsty. Thank you, Lord, for giving us of your Holy Spirit. Father, help us tonight. Help us tonight to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. He's a necessity. We've got to have him in everything we do. We've got to have him in our parenting. We've got to have him in our marriage. We've got to have him in our home. We've got to have him in our life. We've got to have him at school. We've got to have him. Lord, in, in, in everything we do, we, we must have the Holy Spirit. Lord, maybe tonight there's someone that needs to come tonight and just yield themselves afresh and anew to the Spirit of God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Just a question or two. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm born again and I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you tonight, you just slip your hand up as a testimony. You know that you're saved. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Thank you. Let me ask you this though. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. Preacher, I want to go to heaven. I do want to go to heaven, but I'm not sure I would. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere tonight? And I could pray for you. I see that hand. Is there another anywhere tonight? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me tonight? Anybody else like that? Can I pray with you this evening? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many of you here tonight would say, Pastor, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that, but oh, my soul, I need to be more yielded to the Holy Spirit. I need him. I need his help. And preacher, pray for me that I will be 
that I'll be submissive, that I'll be open to him and yielded to him where he can work in my life and through my life with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you tonight, you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me about that thing. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Amen, amen. Let's all stand tonight, if you would, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.